Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It's Wednesday, August 26, 2020, and you can set your clocks to this show each week because we've been doing pretty good about getting together on Wednesdays per our show. So today marks the 45th installment of our humble little show and just one month away from our one-year anniversary episode, dude. I'm your co-host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. Man, what yeah. a milestone. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. And we've been mad consistent because this is episode 45. 45. So you're basically my best friend at this point in terms of frequency. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We spend a lot of quality time together, man. I'm like, I should uh, come up with more things than a podcast to like, keep me, like weekly golf game, like something. Yeah. Because this keeps it consistent. It I really love that. Does. It really does. We got more than enough to get into this week. So are you ready? Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. So 45 episodes, we've been doing this for almost a year. Yeah, I think September 28 was the first episode of 2019. Man, do you feel like a lot has changed? And I feel like I kind of already know this answer, but do you feel like a lot has changed since we first started recording this podcast yes. as far as your life goes? Yes, in terms of the world's life. like yeah. There's global pandemics and uh, economic famines and uh, stock market flip flops, and you know, if yeah, according to who you're talking to, like it's Satan versus you know Goliath in the uh, upcoming election. There's riots in the streets. There's more more, more violence shootings. this week. Um, I haven't seen my team in person in months. You're teaching a classroom full of masked students. Dude, yeah, we'll get everything it. has changed. Yeah, again, we picked the craziest time to start one of these things. Like, hey, want to embark on a couple month? journey and then everything flip-flop yeah. isn't it wild that like la last week we kind of had a down week didn't have much to bring to the table and it's like thank goodness we had a down week man like yeah well we'd kill for those in some ways in terms yeah. of the news cycle just for our, our mental health yeah anytime we come in here on a wednesday and the nba is canceling things <laughs> it's always an avalanche right thereafter yes. so if today and the last time that this happened is any indicator uh, it's about to hit the fan again. Yep. Like for for a couple moments, we're not going to have COVID because we're going to have protests. Yeah. We're having protests in Dallas because of what happened in Kenosha mm -hmm. this week. So it's back. Like it's like it's like we're on repeat or something. Yeah. They say history repeats itself, but like it's happening at a much faster rate these days. It's just there's. There is no floor anymore. Like the floor keeps getting pulled out from under everybody. And I mean, LeBron James just tweeted out <laughs> F this man. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, people are just losing their minds, you know, like advocacy centers are having to work double time. All my outpatient clients that go and visit, you know, at risk members from a, a mental health perspective of the community, like they are strapped for time, cash and resources at this point because. There's so many people killing themselves right now. Yeah. It's not even funny. It's 
it's uh it's very crazy um so i don't know there's multiple threads and strings that we can pull on um just from these opening comments so i don't know if you want to go ahead and get into the jacob blake shooting nah, let's, no okay. no how was your week man what you've been doing you look thinner than last week i'm trying what were you 219 last week um no i was too <laughs> no i had to think about it. i was 229 um so i'm in the 220 somewhere i haven't weighed myself at all this week i'm just chilling yeah yeah right on yeah you know he comes in with this little fly looking button down yeah. uh t yeah man courtney helped courtney helped me pick out some back to school outfits so just wearing this nice little button up it's the first i i i told you you know before we started recording it's the first uh large size large i've bought in a long time i've been buying xl so Ooh. feeling feeling good about it mr husky is not so husky anymore yeah you know now i'm just i'm still like a you know big friendly bear but <laughs> you're like i'm like a fox now <laughs> <laughs> yeah or an otter <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm like a little bear now well meanwhile i'm over here you know just looking at a closet full of small in j crew which was always flattering to me. I was yeah. like, I'm a small in J. Crew. Dude, I, and now it's like I would have to wear like triple XL in J. Like, Crew. It's like floral print loosely draped around a black inner tube on a hot day. That's what it's like <laughs> looking on my body right now. I, I, I can't yeah, I can't stand shirts like hugging onto my love handles, dude. That's another reason why I had to lose some weight, because I'm just like uncomfy. I just I gain weight like a little um I can I say it? Like I don't know how don't, else to I say it. I don't know what you're about to say. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, I'm gonna say it. I think oh. I've decided. I don't think it's profane. Um, I don't think it's like. All right, if anybody has a problem with this, whatever. But I gain weight like a little bitch boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not flat. Like I see fat guys that just have like the gut, but then they also have broad shoulders yeah. and like a packed butt and all this stuff. And I'm just over here. Like I'm just like a, <laughs> I, it's like a jello. It, like I just get this weird roll around my neck and then I get the sides going on and I put on these small and J crews and it's just like, yo, I've I, the other day I put on three shirts before I finally picked the shirt I was going to wear that day. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't say I haven't been there, so I feel your pain. But, I mean, looking at you right now, I think you look great. I'm all right. <laughs> all right. I'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, continue I, I, to crush your physical goals, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bitch, bitch um, boy wasn't a big deal, right? <laughs> I mean, nah, it's it's cool. That, that's the only way I know how to describe it. It's like yeah. I don't gain weight in a manly way. Yeah. I, I mean, some people carry it better than others. Um yeah, like yeah. you carry weight much better than I do. I appreciate that. Such a man, even yeah. though this shirt is like, I don't know. That's what? You look like a designer in West Hollywood today. <laughs> in a good way. Thanks, man. You are a bear. Yeah. What do they call them, bears and cubs? Something like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your week? <laughs> um, It's been pretty good. Uh, All right. It's our first full, full-blown week of school. Um, kids, you know, still getting onto them for the masks. Lunchtime, whenever I'm not on duty, it, it just feels like a nightmare, to be honest. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I don't know, uh, get onto our school or anything about it. It's just, 
like I walk into the lunchroom and, you know, there's only supposed to be two to a table and there's six kids piled up in the table and their masks are down, they're eating, they're talking. It's like, if you're going to be doing this for the next 30 minutes, there's no point of wearing a mask the rest of the day. And so that's been my one huge glaring gripe um, of our school year this year. I feel like in the classrooms, you know, we're being very safe um, and all other activities, but it's like during lunchtime, man, I feel like we're kind of dropping the ball. And so I've had discussions with some of the other teachers and our principal, and I think we're going to have a meeting on Monday because um, we have a lot of staff leaving. They've actually left today for the, our senior retreat. Our seniors are actually getting to go to Lake Whitney um, and have their senior retreat. I guess we had to order extra cabins, so there's only going to be like three kids per cabin or something like that. We dropped some extra money so they can still do that. Um, so once all the teachers get back, I think we're going to have a serious conversation about lunchtime and a few other things as far as uh, maintaining that, those safety goals. That's the thing I love about you, man. You just come in here, we strap into the podcast, and you're like, you know what I hate about work? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? No, you just, you're like, not to gripe against the school, but X, Y, and Z. It's, oh. it's got to be, tensions are higher for Well, I mean, I people. just take it very seriously, and I hated distance learning. Like, I'm good at it. I think I did pretty well compared to some other teachers, but that doesn't mean I want to do it again, and so I want to do whatever it takes for us to stay safe so we can continue going to school. That's, I mean. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so no, no COVID cases. Are you taking temperatures at the front door yep, every morning? Yep. So I was actually on temperature duty this morning. Um, we were rotating. And uh, so I took the temperature on all the kids and then they're given some hand sanitizer and then they walk into the building. What, what temperature are you getting for yourself every day? Uh, like whenever I, whenever I get myself yeah. uh, around 97. 96, 97. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Well, they always told us growing up that it was 98.6 was what you were supposed to be. And I'm consistently like 96 point something, maybe a yeah. 97.1. I mean, are my hands cold right now? Yes. Like I, yeah. Like I'm always cold, dude. Yeah. Well, it's about 54 degrees in here right now. <laughs> I mean, I like it that way, but, <laughs> but yeah. So around that, um, haven't had any COVID cases yet. We still have some kids that are distance learning. So I'm pulling out uh, we're not using Zoom anymore. Anymore, we're using Google Meets, and so because um, that's connected to our Google Classroom that we've been doing. And so, still have a couple kids that are doing distance ed. Some of them are coming back on Monday, so I'm really excited about that because I just want this mess to be over with. Like I just want to hug everybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> just want to not have to make sure that you know they can hear the kids that are read like. If I have all of my kids in a classroom except one, and then I have a kid reading in the back of the classroom, the kid from my computer who's distance learning cannot hear the kid reading, and so I'm having. To oh right, up, it's not like, a full immersive experience. Yeah, like it's 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 a bunch of little little uh, annoyances. So, I have an update from one of our friends out west on some of her trials and tribulations with the new school year. So Sierra, Sierra yeah, shout out to Sierra. Um, and Paul. So we had a good call the other day. We were catching up and she was like, work has just been kicking my butt because, you know, with Zoom, she's essentially having to run IT and like give demos on how to use tools to get the learning yeah. and access the learning, access the lectures, all of this stuff. And so she's like, I've been working like eight to eight. It's been crazy, um, blah, blah, blah. 
And I think she's going into the, the building and then zooming out to all students virtually. Mm. And I, I learned a couple of things because I guess, um, <laughs> I guess that some of her trials and tribulations are kind of like mine with clients in some ways that I've described having, you know, 75 white lady names in black squares, you know, that comprise mm -hmm. all of my deals um, that, you know, they, they don't turn their cameras on. They don't establish a relationship per se um, versus the ones that do, they're much more engaged. Um, so she was telling me about, she teaches math at a very high level. So she's got like a master's degree in math. She's actually like kind of a math, a genius kid. And she teaches like advanced calculus and all of this to like the upper high school grades. Hmm. And so she's, she's pretty advanced level. She's on like some boards and all, all the stuff that you can do. And she gets this class this year and it's, it's a hundred percent via zoom. And she was like, Carson, <laughs> I'm teaching these kids. And they're just like not getting it. And I'm like, what's wrong with you kids? Like what's going on? And so a week goes by and I guess things aren't progressing. Like she's just like, what's going on? Like these kids are not ready for this class. Like this is almost remedial. And um, so I guess two or three weeks into their school year via Zoom, she gets pulled aside by like a faculty member. Or she went through a review process or something. And she actually talked to somebody and said, what's going on with my kids? <laughs> and they looked up the class and they said, Sierra, did anybody tell you that this is a special ed class? Oh, and she was like, what? And I was, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm on the other end of the line going, wait, what? So she's teaching special ed in this particular hour and didn't know that she ever was for the first three weeks of having taught. And so I'm like, well, Sierra, do you need to join the special ed class? Because how did you not know that they were special ed just by being on Zoom with them? Yeah. And she was like, because in California, they hadn't passed a law yet that required students to be on camera. So mm. in case you were um, concerned about your surroundings or embarrassed by your home environment or whatever was going on, you didn't have to be on audio. You didn't have to be on oh, video. My and so she was teaching to 20 <laughs> black squares that ended up being special ed instead of advanced, you know, studies. That's insane. So I thought that was the craziest <laughs> story of the week. I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm going to tell this on the podcast because yeah. I, I was what? like, how did you not know? Like, Oh, I had some jokes that I yeah. cannot tell right, on the podcast right, right. that, gotta... you know, I cracked to her yeah. about her knack for picking up what's going on. <laughs> but then when it, when she told me, she didn't tell me until after the fact that they didn't have to be on camera. So mm -hmm. from that perspective, I, I see how people can slip through the cracks. Like, yeah, yeah that makes total sense. But she, she said that some regulation had been passed like two days prior that Maybe that's the day she found out. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they had that's to turn great. their cameras on. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's like, okay, did you? Right. Oh. <laughs> I thought you, you were going to look different. Uh, She's like, uh, you know what? Tomorrow's test can be open book. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> on second thought <laughs> class <laughs> so, yeah. all right that's gonna be it's gonna be extra credit that's gonna be uh, e for effort um 
Yeah, no, <laughs> that'll get us canceled. <laughs> it is crazy because even being in person, like in all the kids wearing masks, like I have a bunch of new kids. You this can't year. tell who's special I, ed either. Well, that, no, you're like pull your mask down so I know which one you are. It's like, look, look, give me your eyes, follow my finger. Oh my goodness. You're like, well, my entire class isn't isn't special ed, but they're all drunk. Uh, no, um, with them wearing masks, like I don't, I still don't know what they look like. Whenever we're allowed to take off these masks, I'm gonna be shocked at what some of these kids look well, like. Who are you? Because yeah, I haven't seen them except for their eyes and above. Um, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> uh, Excuse me. Oh man, uh, that was the. That was my teacher update yeah. of the week. <laughs> That's great. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, there's more I'd like to tell you from that conversation, yeah, but I can't. We can so. talk after. Um, yeah, but no, teaching's going well. Uh, we have, <laughs> um, did I tell you we got rid of study halls? Uh, I, well, I guess now that you're back in person, maybe not. So yeah, you, you just cut the day shorter. No, right? no, no, no. Um, so we've replaced it. It's like a fancy study hall now. It's called Academic Advancement. And so I don't know if you've heard of Khan Academy. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Khan Academy is like a program that you can get on. It has a bunch of different uh, subjects. You can start from kindergarten and go the, all, all the way up through 12th grade collegiate level. Um, and you earn badges for like scoring points and answering different quizzes and tests. Um, so the starting point for our academic advancement classes, if you don't know what you want to learn, you're going to just get on Khan Academy, pick a subject and continue advancing uh, throughout the grade levels. Um, however, I've, uh, we've allowed it to where if a student has a particular class where they really want to improve on, then they can come to me and we can build like a project together for them to um, work on that, get better at it. Or if they have a content area that they really love and they want to do some extra work on it, um, they can come to me and we'll build a project on that. So I actually have a student who's Russian um, and he doesn't know a lot of Russian, but his parents want him to learn it. And so he's actually come to me and uh, instead of doing the Khan Academy, he picked out a Russian book and he's all, he's following along while listening to the audio. And then for fun, I let him watch uh, SpongeBob in Russian um, and he puts on the subtitles and um, he'll have to write a report for me in three weeks that's typed out in Russian. And, um, so I, I thought that was actually pretty cool because last year I had a study hall with 45 plus kids who were all just sitting on their cell phones, not doing, excuse me, not doing squat. Um, and this year we dwindled it down and I only have like 12 kids in there, which is awesome. And I can really focus and we can really actually like try to make a difference, um, where they need it. Sounds like radicalization hour <laughs> <laughs> because of the Russian. You're like, why are you praying five times a day and <laughs> yeah. taking bomb making all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want uh, to become a Russian spy. <laughs> so wait. Well, I told him I was he's like, he's Russian, but his parents do. His parents speak Russian. Yes. Why don't they just teach him? Why don't they just talk? Well, I mean, that's that's like telling parents that speak Spanish, like, and you know, they they have a kid that doesn't speak Spanish, like it. It just well, if you speak Spanish and your kid doesn't speak Spanish, what gives? Like same, same, same to them. But especially if you're Russian, like why wouldn't you have taught the kid that? Well, I think from what I've gathered, and I'm not speaking for all immigrants that have moved to the U.S., but 
they they try to make them seem as american as possible like so they're not ostracized or or anything like that so it's like you need to speak english because that's what they speak here and we want you to be successful i think that's kind of the mindset of some parents i'm not saying it's right well why is it either or you know both but english outside of the house like i feel like a lot of immigrants yeah, have english and I would, outside of the I would house agree with that i would agree with that as a policy i don't know oh, Maybe, i mean all yeah. all all immigration stories are different and mm-hmm. you know there's been combinations of all of these different things like yeah. english everywhere you know stick with the native language you know home home based language for sometimes generations you know like we were talking about that within like Chinatowns, uh, Koreatowns all across America, like mm-hmm. you can tell there's people that have never spoken a word of English their right. entire lives um, and, and don't care to, don't need to, because there's a whole infrastructure. It's like a it's like a second civilization inside of a civilization. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Sometimes I think about that, not with like Asians per se, but I think about that with like the uh, the people that still have like a remote island that'll spear you if you try to come witness to them or, mm-hmm. you know, there's still indigenous human species out there yeah that we have studied from a distance and dare not go near yeah, man, they got their own laws how crazy is that <laughs> yeah. they, they have a different language there's a, a pack of 150 that have existed completely autonomously from everybody in the world how crazy yeah. is that it's it's wild but it's i mean it's I awesome. feel like there should be mad netflix documentaries on that you know like but how why you, is that not talked about because we don't know what's going on in there. it's always like look the christian went and got killed but it's like hey if like, there's a species of people them, that like are literally still spearing their food and intruders and have never like they don't know who dr fauci is they don't know what coronavirus is yeah how crazy is that <laughs> like why wouldn't we be covering that you're telling me with all the drones in the world that we couldn't sacrifice a few to the spears in exchange for that dope footage that would be sent back? Um, like filmmakers, where are you at? I want to watch this. There's yeah. packs of people. Like, think about are Siberia. There laws, are there laws preventing it or no? Laws preventing what? I don't know. Like there going is no into... law. I guess, maybe, but I don't know. I'm talking about people deep in a jungle that do like, we do we know exactly where they are? That's the thing we do. Like, because there's all those missionary stories about getting speared on the way to that island. You know, yeah. like that's a real thing. Somebody got speared. You know, trying to bring a Bible over mm-hmm. there a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I mean, the third or fourth time, it, it starts to get a little funny. You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, maybe take a shield, yeah. bro. Right, like, yeah. learn from the first three. Yeah, <laughs> bring a bulletproof yeah, Bible armor. <laughs> like you. you you brought the shield of faith, like, you know. Well, and you got to, like, drop them goodies first. Why aren't they flying in, like, little gift bags and then mm. hot air ballooning over with, like, little, you know. Well, they Probably, could, like, an antelope carcass or something. You could give them, like, cigarettes and chocolate or something before <laughs> giving them the word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. We. That's our calling. Yeah. That, it goes back to the whole, like, you're judged based on what you know Yo, situation. As soon as we get funding for this, we're out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're, we're not bringing we're, you the word. We're just trying to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, baby. A weekly catch up with some crazy tribe. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, hey, yeah, uh, we're, we're conducting the first millennia catch up podcast. Yeah. Today's muster. Carson got shanked. Yeah. No, Carson's dead on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> they got an apple in his mouth. He's rotating over the fire. Ooh, 
I'm telling you, those bitch boys fry up good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be adorable with an apple in my mouth. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Um. All right. Well. So school's good. <laughs> that was the back to school in Texas and California. I hope everyone else is doing well. Um, yeah, it's it's been crazy to see. It's like everybody posts their kids going back to school with like the year in front yeah. of the front door. And it's kind of like it's shown real public sentiment. I don't know if people are sucking it up and sending their kids into a, a situation that they're kind of fearful about mm-hmm. or if they're just like, hey, get out there, kid. I think there's all variations, but yeah it's like crazy to see the photos of kids and then no parents seem to be going to work. Although my workspace has been home. It's been very busy recently. Yeah. Um, I can say as far as my school goes, we definitely, like it's definitely a mixed bag as far as parents, like, like thinking (laughs) some still thinking Corona is just a, just a lie. (laughs) Like, like it's not a real thing. Um, and then you have some that are like overly cautious and everything like that. So, yeah, there's a spectrum everywhere, I guess. Yep. Crazy. Absolutely. The people that like the flat earthers of coronavirus are crazy. Yeah. Like that's hilarious. Yeah. At the same time, the people that are like so paranoid that they're washing their groceries and stuff. I'm like, you know, come on. Yeah. I mean, build up an immune system, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, so in other news, I, I had a couple funny calls this week. Um, this one was actually, it, it was funny in kind of a dark way. And she was laughing when she told me about it. So <laughs> okay. we can all laugh. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell her that I would be doing this or that I had a podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> somebody that doesn't know we have one. Uh, yeah, no, this That's was a great. client call. Okay, um, <laughs> <cool>. Awesome. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I have this really, really sweet client that I've been working with for a little while and she's been uh, looking to launch, launch our stuff and her company. And she was going out on some PTO. It, it had been a trying year for her and everybody with COVID because HR has gotten hit really hard with, you know, having to immediately shift. Like if you had a hundred percent of your workforce in the office, mm-hmm. which a lot of my prospective customers did, and now they're forced to go with remote and it's like, Whoa, it's like a huge culture shock and adjustment. And now that it's kind of like the new norm and people are getting extended through the end of the year, yeah. like I feel like most of most of American corporate jobs are extended work from home through at least the end of the year. Um, some have already extended like through August of 2021 at this point. Mm. Um, all of the big California tech tech outfits have, for instance, um, or just indefinitely in, into perpetuity. Um, but she was uh, so HR gets tasked with like flip everybody over to a secure like they have to work with it to like suddenly make everyone remote outfitted and worthy you Mm -hmm. know if they have and if they're handling sensitive data or hipaa data or legal data or anything like that like there's like a whole go team that basically has a go bag and like sets you up and yeah within three hours you're standing at a line standing at a vera desk with a bat line in your own (laughs) home (laughs) depending (laughs) on you know what the infrastructure is like at your firm sure Uh, our friend cat uh, who's a lawyer mm-hmm. she was like we literally were like zoop, 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 like outfitted within sh- they went in waves in like sequential day spans and mm-hmm. like she said that it was like a flawless rollout like they nice. were they were bolted in like day one but that falls on hr to a great a great deal and so she's been having a trying year and this poor woman was finally getting away on vacation and 
she so <laughs> she was out on vacation for a week okay. and so we get on a phone call the week that she's back and i'm like hey how was vacation she goes oh carson it was so 2020 she's <laughs> oh, like man. the day that i was leaving for vacation i had to stop by the office to drop something off and as i was going to the office she said i got into a car accident and i got rear-ended by a guy with an honorably discharged veteran license plate. Oh. And she told, like, the fact that she mentioned that part, I was crying <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Honorably discharged veteran, <laughs> rear-ended her on her way out of vacation. And uh, so she ended up at the doctor's office on a couch with a bad crick in her back on Vicodin and painkillers all week, didn't go on vacation, is yeah. now back at work, like depleted bef- from prior to going on vacation. And now all we could do is just kind of laugh about it. We were just laughing and crying yeah. and we were both like, screw 2020. Yeah, like, man. this is ridiculous. It just, it just never ends. That was the most 2020 thing I'd heard. Sure. I yeah. felt so bad for her. <laughs> yeah, It's just terrible. But it's a COVID is like, um, again, school will dictate a lot of this, but, yes. um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to have personal life shifts with PTO and, and travel and mm-hmm. um, buddy Michael canceled his bachelor party this year. Mm. Um, he's going to push to next year. I think that I think maybe some of the wedding festivities might get pushed to next year. Wow. Uh, and I really don't blame them. Yeah. Honestly, like in some ways it's the smart decision because um, you know, nothing's open. And if you're going to do a once in a lifetime thing, like yeah, do it the like way you, you want to do able it. To celebrate with everybody you want there and, uh, go to the venues and do all the stuff that you know you want to do. So yeah, I understand that completely. And there, there is no actual um, correlation here for the the people that are getting married in 2020. And I still oh, have friends getting sure. married in 2020. But if you have the opportunity to push to 2021, just from a superstitious sports fan gambling type perspective, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, for me, it's like couple by couple, you know, it's like some no, really want that whole thing. And some let's like, you know, we're just ready. So I, I get it either way. But as long as uh, the couple satisfied with whatever they're doing, that's what matters. So uh, because of the, the Vegas trip cancellation, I am now freed up to go attend my cousin's wedding, which was the same weekend. It's a destination wedding in Charleston, South Carolina. That's what's up. My cousin Bo and Stephanie are getting married. And um, I'm going to actually fly out there now, join them. I think my parents are getting like a big Airbnb spread for, I don't know. It sounds like there's going to be varying numbers of people there at any given time. Because mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like Brian and myself will fly in Saturday because they get married on a Sunday. Got it. Which is kind of inconvenient because you've got to fly back on a Monday now. Right. But they have like a, it's like a destination thing. I think most people are staying in the same area and like there's like a brunch and all that. So I think it's going to be like a really fun environment, but mm-hmm. because it's destination, they're doing like bachelor and bachelorette parties week of there. Okay. And so I think my sister is going to be down there like Tuesday on or something crazy. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm going to go join on Saturday and then, uh, I guess my sister and Brian, my mom and dad, maybe Rachel, people mm-hmm. will be in and around. So. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Looking forward to that. Shout out to them. Should be fun. They've been together for forever now. Yeah. So it's about time, folks. <laughs> Make it legal. Get it done. Um. Well, thanks for asking about my week, man. Um. Everything's been going great. I haven't had an opportunity to. You got to wrestle it away from me, brah. How's your week been? 
It's been good. Yeah? Yeah. You went golfing? I did. I went on Sunday instead of uh instead of Saturday. On Saturday I went and had drinks with Shelly and Emily in West Village. That was fun to we hadn't seen Emily in months, I think, since we actually figured out I hadn't seen her since Michael and Shelly's engagement party last uh, September or October. Wow. So it's crazy how COVID. time just escapes from you. you. Well, and with COVID, it's like yeah. at least you have kind of an excuse and kind of a before and after distinctly in your mind. Yeah. But now it's all started to run together. And um, but anyway, had you know got to see them, got some chores done that day, and went and golfed uh, Sunday, and then had the uh, Northern Trust DVR for when I got home. Yeah, how'd that go? Dude, uh, Dustin Johnson won. Mm-hmm. He reclaimed number one in the world. Wow. And I think he set a record or tied tied two other guys on non-comparable golf courses. Like, they're, the, the cumulative score under par wins on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And typically, if it's like a par 70, 72, shooting like 64 or something, like six under is a great round. Yeah. Six, eight under. Um, well, he shot... He shot like a 64, a 60, and then another 64. Like he shot, he was 30 under at the end of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And that was just insane. Like we hadn't seen that in forever. I think the only other two guys that had really done a 30 under four, you know, four round tournament weekend were on courses. I think it was in Hawaii or somewhere where it was just like, it was like a much shorter course with, you know, a lower par. It was right. like a 69 or a 70. So it's or something. easy. It's easier to accomplish. It was, it was easier to accomplish. Yes. Um, so did he win? Like, did he obliterate the competition? Was yes. it close? He, okay. he won by 11 shots. Okay. That's Dang. like, it, it's actually tiger esque. Yeah. Like, especially at a big playoff event like that. So he went to number one. I want to say he went to number one in the FedEx cup. I can't remember. He's number one in the world overall. Wow. And uh, so this weekend they're going into, um, oh crap, e- they're not going to East Lake. They're going to the BMW Championship this week. So the top seventy in the FedEx Cup will compete this weekend, mm-hmm. and then the top thirty will compete at East Chase in Atlanta, and um, East Lake. Sorry, okay. And uh, that'll be the top thirty. And you know the number one person, like the person that wins the playoff role here. Mm-hmm. First place is fifteen million dollars. Jeez. So, you know, that's yeah. If you can appreciate nothing else, so you can appreciate that. It'll most likely be him. So, no, not necessarily. No. Um, Webb Simpson is sitting out this round just to rest up for East Lake because he's already number three in the FedEx Cup. So, over the season, all the tournaments are linked together by the FedEx Cup, okay. except for the made. Well, I don't think you get points for the majors, but all PGA Tour events. Um, you get points for how you rank, mm-hmm. you know, if you have top tens, top fives, if you win, if you win, you get 500 points. Okay. And so they're all going, mm-hmm. now we're in this like paring down situation where if you don't have enough points to make it to the next tournament, you don't mm-hmm. get to play. Right. Your season's so over. Do they choose how many events they want to play in? Like, or is, you is do your set? schedule. Can you do as many as you want? So the way that it works is you have the feeder systems like the Corn Ferry Tour into the PGA Tour system. But even if you get like a, an exemption or let's say that different tournaments have different they have different ways of inviting players to play. Okay. Some of them are invitationals where they only invite like the top hundred players in the mm-hmm. world. And, and be- so during that during that game, they have an opportunity to win points 
for later on. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. like a cumulative season yeah. stretch of points accrued. But the, the, the main thing is, let's say that you've won a tournament on tour. Well, you're going to get a PGA Tour card exemption. You're exempt. You can compete in any PGA Tour event uh, for the most part for like the next three seasons, for okay. instance. So even then, you're not going to compete in all of them because yeah. you're going to be strategic because there might be three PGA Tour events leading up to a big major that yeah. with a course that suits your eye and you want to be rested for well, that. And, and could it be that like, oh, I see an opponent that's also really good. He's playing this one, so I'm going to hold off and play a different one because I might have a better chance of of doing better. Or are you playing against your against the par? Well, technically, technically the situation that you just described you could do that a hundred percent whether or not that's a predominantly motivating factor mm -hmm. in most players decision making not at all Got i don't it. think okay. in fact i think that you you have a better chance of getting the top golfers to go where other top golfers already are okay that makes so sense. that's why sometimes that was the problem with the byron nelson here at the end is that once byron had died you know it wasn't worth the most points in the world there was it was on a new course like there there was no host or mm -hmm. anything like that to make it like a must stop yeah. on the tour and so tiger famously would always go to a, a tournament in germany that would pay him like seven figures just to show up regardless of how he right. ranked in the tournament yeah and how so do you turn that down? when tiger's not playing and then phil mickelson was hurt and then on down the list vj singh wouldn't play because whoever was there like you know a field can start to diminish and it's only as good as its reputation. So sure. across the way over in your neck of the woods in Fort Worth, the colonial has a tried and true rich history because it's got a community supporting it, great corporate sponsors. Mm -hmm. And it's one of like the longest entrenched tournaments at the same country club location played consecutive years. I think they're four, almost 50 years running, yeah. which is actually like number two, maybe on the tour. So the field is so much better at the colonial a week after the Byron just because of those different factors. Mm -hmm. So you create your schedule ahead of time because you might be getting on, you know, some of the president's cup, Ryder cup teams, you know, there's different international competitions in golf every couple of years. Um, you know, there's five big majors, I guess, five, five, six. Okay. Something like that that are played on like an annual basis. Sorry, I got a cough. No, you're good. <coughs> um, Okay, well, that's that's got a frog in my throat. Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess that's interesting. I, I'm trying to get more into the the idea of golf because I know it means a lot to you, and so I don't. You know, no, no, no. I think it's probably valuable to the audience that you're like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I don't. I don't just want to push, especially because. Like a lot of times I'm allowed to talk about like the music and everything. Um, yeah, but I get to give you my dumb white guy <laughs> yeah. like reaction to stuff and it brings out a different portion of the That's conversation, fair. right? That's fair. But I, but if I see it like in my feed or something, like I am, I just want you to know I'm taking more note of it than I have in the past. It's beautiful. Yeah, man. You're I, such a beautiful friend. I care. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'll go follow Megan the Stallion on Twitter and get <laughs> yeah. more into your world. Thanks, man. Get more into the culture, as yeah, you call it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> to Dude. just take off my pocket protector and follow Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Did I say that Tory Lane shot her or what? Um. Did we? Yeah, I yeah. I did say that. Yeah. 
I mean, and guess what? He did. <laughs> yeah. He so did. she says. Yeah. Allegedly, right? But no, he did for sure. Remember reading that? And I was like, "Yo, he shot her!" Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. So she got on IG live. She showed the wounds. Did she? I oh, didn't yeah. see that. Oh yeah. Man, there's so much to follow nowadays. Yeah, it, it was. It's crazy. So um, I guess he's. I guess they're both lawyer lawyering up, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So I guess it was not a romantic car ride together. Yeah, I'm guessing not. What in the world could go down that you would shoot Megan the Stallion in the I foot? I don't know, man, but got to cancel that guy. Like his music's not that great to begin with. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, in about four weeks, I'm probably canceling my Spotify. Yeah? I think so. I think I'm going to switch to Apple Music. Well, you're not going to be able to get Joe Rogan. Yeah, but the other Joe is leaving Spotify. What? Yeah, man. Button? He came out with an episode today that Courtney and I were listening to on the way here. And he's like spilling the tea, man. Like of of how he's been completely undervalued. He, <laughs> he's like, they took all my money and they gave it to Joe Rogan. <laughs> dude, I mean, he's been doing two episodes a week and they're all about three hours long. And he's saying... um so he has he has this thing on YouTube called uh, pull, uh, pull up. It's like the Joe Budden pull up interview where he brings in, um, you know, Cardi B or Big Sean or some of these big time like hip hop artists or just people of the culture. Um, and he says he made more money filming eight episodes of that than he did uh, recording one hundred and fifty episodes of the podcast. And he's putting in so much more time for the podcast. He feels like um, the quality of that, like there's just a lot more gems because, you know, it's long format. Um, he gives a lot more information on the culture. Like, you know, he he has connections where he can call a lot of the people on the spot and um, all of that. And he's saying, you know, the completely undervalued. If you care at all about um, kind of the contracts in the podcasting industry, um, you can go to the latest Joe Budden episode, and if you look in the footnotes, it'll show you the exact uh, time stamp of when he begins that conversation. I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, That's got me intrigued. I want to check that out. Yeah. So wait, w- he just wasn't making money on Spotify because he was just paid. It, they they were arguing with him, like giving him Christmas off, and um, they they. They told the ca- they told the cast and crew they wanted to do something nice for them. They they had so many followers and in their contract, the way that it was set up, like if they got so many listens at the end of the year, um, they were supposed to get a bonus. They didn't get their pay for like the two bonuses that they were supposed to get. Um, and then and then Spotify like tried to do something nice, and they were like, "Okay, you guys can uh, go buy some watches, right?" And so they went and bought Rolexes and gave the bill to Spotify. And they're like, uh, no. And so they had to send them back. They got used Rolexes, brought it to Spotify. And Spotify still said no, man. Like, it was too expensive. So then they tried to just, like, go out and actually record an episode in Greece. Like, they would still be working. But it's supposed to be, like, a nice little gesture from Spotify. Spotify said no to that. Um, And it he goes on and on about like kind of the treatment that they were given um, through Spotify. 
and he goes into like analytics and he talks about the amount of uh, viewers and listenership they have. He talks about, you know, because it's one thing to say, oh, uh, a million people clicked on this episode. Well, it's another to say that 750,000 listened all the way through or they stopped at the two hour mark. And he goes into all of that. Um, He talks about how whenever they first came out with their Spotify deal, Amy Schumer also did. And she was supposed to be like the leading podcaster for Spotify. And um, they told Joe Budden that he was going to be following right after. I didn't know she was ever affiliated. Exactly. That's it, it completely fell apart. She completely undersold. Joe Budden said they went 900% above what they were projected to do. Like their audience, they, they were <laughs> over what they had told Spotify that they were looking for and what Spotify had agreed upon. They were 900% over. Did Amy ever have a podcast with Spotify? That's what I'm saying. It just tanked? Yes. So it was a thing. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And so, again, I'm just kind of regurgitating everything that he said on there, and he can obviously say it better. But I just just found that very interesting. I mean, it's not like you and I are are getting paid in here right now, but just being in the podcasting world and kind of learning, like, you know, whenever they're talking about uh, DSPs and like the the programs, the platforms that they're using and the and the payment program, he was likening it to the music industry and how, you know, these days in 2020, a lot of these artists are being independent artists, right? Because if they sign a deal, well, the label's probably going to be making the majority of the money. Then these artists have to go out and do concerts and a bunch of other things to try to gain some money for themselves. Um, but Joe Budden, you know, he was, he was saying like, well now in the podcast podcasting industry, like a lot of these corporations are doing it, you know, they're kind of raping and pillaging and, and, uh, we're not seeing the money from it. Cause I think that's crazy to do three hours worth of content two days a week. And they get mad because you want to take like Thanksgiving and Christmas off. Like that's wild. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little crazy, I guess. Yeah. So, but Rogan's contract is like, they're just licensing the distribution basically could be i so, I, I didn't i what, haven't looked at his i don't know if how his is contract was different in that he he's so he's obligated to produce a certain number of hours of content every week no they are they are obligated to do 45 minutes joe budden said he's been watching and he like he looks at the numbers every week and he like He's building up a case for his own. Well, yeah. What's not adding up then? If they're only contractually exactly. obligated to do 45 minutes, but they can't, if they go six hours over and they can't get Christmas off, that's, that's not computing. Yeah. It, I'm sure some of this is exaggerated because this was the episode where he's saying that he's leaving Spotify or what, well, did he pull the plug already? Like, what no, he, he's saying that there's seven episodes left in their contract. And so he wants to start talking more openly about like what's been going on and why they might not. He didn't say 100%. No, I think he did say 100% that they won't be on Spotify. Um, and he, he even said he's not trying to, like, you know, talk crap about Spotify or anything like that. But he said he is going to be honest for a lot of these other people, a lot of these other creators that are looking for a platform to use and to be careful whenever you're, like, signing these contracts. Um, and his, his whole point of it all was that, you know, this was like an experiment to him. And that even though he was supposed to do 45 minutes, he's looking at the three hour mark and he's seeing that people are still listening the whole way through. And he's going to be taking that to whatever platform he goes next whenever he's signing his next deal, if he does. Well, shouldn't these people just stay on the main platforms and just operate 
sponsorship third party or independently like you know i i'm on the youtube suite so i have youtube tv youtube premium so i consume most of my podcast content actually through youtube because i like to refer to the video when it makes sense but i also can go to other applications or turn my phone off and run around with youtube pumping through the podcast so it's nice Sometimes there's like a visual, like I, I like to spend the first five or 10 minutes like watching them. So I kind of know what the setting is like, what they're wearing, what they look like that day. And yeah. then, you know, I might just go to audio only. So I rarely consume on like Apple podcasts unless I'm mm-hmm. going on a, on a plane or something where I know I'm going to have to download a podcast. So I don't have to worry about that except for the video component, because isn't he remaining on YouTube initially but spotify is making a play for his video distribution as well are we talking about joe budden no rogan, rogan. at this point okay um i don't know i because this transition is about to happen september 1 yeah. it's like august 26 so right. next week yeah i yeah i guess we'll see i don't know um yeah, I, I I think I did read somewhere where spotify is wanting to do like more video type stuff and so obviously joe rogan would be uh, the person to start that with. Um, so I guess we'll see here in a couple weeks. Because that, in that situation, if they have 100% of the, the means to like go find him, mm-hmm. then I would have to upgrade my subscription from my freemium to paid because they're going to pump ads through. So he doesn't have to sell his own ads anymore. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, I'm thinking so. I guess they're going to monetize the ads and he's going to license it exclusively through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, he's talked so vehemently about any type of ownership of your podcast or your creative, you know, uh, work or intellectual mm-hmm. property or anything like that. He's very much clarified. This is just a licensing situation. So it seems like a stark contrast from some of the programming um, that it seems button seems to have sold them, but yeah. that would be, I would, wouldn't you tell Budden to just go straight back to Apple Podcasts well, and one, Stitcher and yeah. YouTube and distribute everywhere? Once their contract's up, yes. Dude, it's crazy. They they even they got a plaque saying that they were the number one podcast on Spotify two years in a row. And then Spotify came out with like the top charts like uh, of podcasts, you know, kind of like they do with albums. And uh, they debuted Joe Budden and the podcast at number 17 even though they had just given them award for being the number the number one two weeks in a row um and so it just seemed uh kind of sketchy all throughout all the examples that they were kind of laying out um so i don't know it'll be interesting but as uh, you know after listening to that all i'm saying is i i've kind of been toying with uh you know going to apple music anyway um, just cause it works through all my devices a little bit better. Um, and, and I'm a loyal fan. I'm telling you, it's so funny. Like Courtney came over today with you yeah. and as we're leaving to go do the show, I'm like, you know how to work the TV, right? Like, cause sometimes I'll ask people, what do you want to watch? What do you want to mm-hmm. listen to? And then I have to decide how to access it because I got Netflix on <laughs> every device in multiple I could go to Apple TV, Netflix on my mm-hmm. TV, or I could go to the Netflix app. Roku uh, TV, Roku, Netflix. Yeah. I could go to the Netflix app. I could mm-hmm. access it through this. Do I want to watch it on demand or do I want to set a season pass? Like which one would allow me to fast forward through commercials yeah. or not have them? You know, some things are available on your ESPN. You could have DVR that 
fast forwarded through it, or it's available on Netflix uncut Mm -hmm. with no commercials a week later. So it's, it's weird as you have to decide like your stack and also certain people have like their alignment in terms of their privacy or their, you know, affinity, their brand loyalty. Like some people won't use Google products. Some people won't use Apple products. Some people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and some people don't re- realize that YouTube is owned by Google, you know, yeah. and that it's all embedded. So it's, um, it's such a little digital trail that we leave. It's like Billy from family circus where he runs all over and has little mm-hmm. tracks. Like that's <laughs> yeah. our digital footprint everywhere. And data is more valuable than oil. Well, that's a that's, times that's over. the whole thing. Like a lot of these things, including podcasting is just data mining and figuring out what the audience wants and like being able to push products and advertisements uh, while you're listening to people goof off and, and they can simulate podcast now. Like they could yeah. take, by the way, I ran our analytics over three days worth of content produced hey. in this first 11 months of the show. That's awesome. As we pass the three day mark, which is cray cray. Yeah. Take yourself a road trip. <laughs> um, Put us on blast. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the base up. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Got our covers on. <laughs> yeah. No, it, somebody could put that into a auto generator and you know, make us say whatever. Yeah. We're all turning into the whole, like when is virtual reality? When will the virtual world be more compelling than the real world? Like this is a perfect moment. We're here for that inflection point because, you know, it's interesting. I saw my boss for the first time in real life in physical form in probably two or three months, like this week. Yeah. But, you know, there was like 30 seconds of like, you know, knocking on the window shenanigans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And otherwise it, it, we still felt connected from the perspective that we needed to be, you know, because I'd seen him on yeah. zoom, appreciate social a billion times. So those tools, FaceTime helps, mm-hmm. you know, like it does foster a greater relationship. I feel like, yeah. um, but nothing will replace just good old fashioned fellowship, you know, I'm into that brother. That's uh, I feel like that's why, Adam just people live so long and, and Jewish people that, you know, are Orthodox Jews, like, um, Quinonia time, bro. I was just thinking like, it's hard when you get out in the cutthroat world and you're trying to hustle and you're working seven days a week or whatever, at least on call. But then you just realize like, man, all growing up was so stress-free on that day, essentially, because you couldn't work and you just had to chill out and there's a, there's real medical benefits to that. I feel like. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I think that's been, I mean, I think there are actual studies on that that have proven it. Not, not just the no work, but really just the focus on, you know, still going and doing something like big meal with family, friends, like mm-hmm. the fellowship aspect of it. Because if you're not forced into that situation, like when you think about it, real adulthood, you don't get good old fashioned Sabbath afternoon lunch with 50 people like you did when you were a kid yeah. ever. Like that's like once a year with your old friends, you know, because everybody's off having babies and <laughs> buying property and right. doing all this stuff, moving around, chasing goals. And so in some ways it was so luxurious growing up to have 30 people at the house every weekend. Because mm-hmm. It's like, who does that? You know, when you think right. about it. Yeah. No, it's like another that's world. A good point. That's a good point. It feels um, like another world. But the community that that fosters is cray cray. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm still somewhat immersed in it with working at an Adventist school um, sometimes. 
I don't want to say obligated, but you know, we do have events and stuff where it's nice if I show up and, uh, you know, we have church events and everything. Obviously that hasn't been going on for several months due to COVID, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to kind of still be a little bit. It's like I have my foot in, in that, uh, circle still. Yeah. I'd like to, uh, figure out a way to interact with it too. Like it doesn't seem like anything's going on right now with social distancing mm-hmm. and whatnot, but, um, yeah, just retain the, the awesome elements of it. Cause there are so many yeah. like culturally I'm very, you know, proud or okay with that affiliation. Like I think it's a, a rich way to live. Yeah. Um, it very much makes you grow up in a, a feeling of like, I'm very different from everybody else though. Like, Hmm. when talking to the lost, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) or the Sunday keepers, (laughs) I think I was so black and white back then that there was just such a divide in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always uncomfortable with the chosen few having all of the right information because you just feel your superiority complex in a certain way can kick in because it's like, man, I'm chosen. Like, Right. Only 15 million of us know the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's like really ingrained in us from the start. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm very cautious with this, you know, especially being in a uh, Christian Adventist school and the messages that, that uh, I pump out through, <laughs> through all of my lessons, you know, like I have morning worships with my students and everything. Um, but for me, you know, I'd, I teach what the Bible says, but then I also say, you know, there are some people that don't believe in this and we're still going to treat them as if they do. And, you know, we're just going to love them no matter what. So it's kind of that whole thing. It's like, I'm teaching those values, but then also saying, Hey, there's going to be people that don't agree with you and that's going to be okay. You know? Cause I think whenever we were younger, it's like, Oh, the, you know, Sunday, like they're going to church on Sunday. That, that's the antichrist. Like that's the little horn from revelation. The mark of the beast. Yeah. Um, so I, I ain't teaching that. That's hard. Yeah. Like, cause if it's like, Hey, we're all the same. Theirs is just as good as ours. It's like, well then why are we, why am I using your product? Uh You know, if you're just the same and you know, there's more resources over there or like, what if they have a hotter youth group or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, I mean, that's one of the big reasons why young adults start going back to church is, you know, they get out of college, they come back a couple years into their career. Those Sunday morning hangovers are finally less of a headache to deal with than being alone. Mm -hmm. And so they spruce up and everyone would always go to this church on 635 here in Dallas, like young professionals, they'd be like, yeah, they have like a Wednesday service and it's packed with hotties. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. So yeah, I don't know. I just sometimes I wish it wasn't so much at the forefront because it 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 turns people into freaks, you know. Like yeah. we, our friend Kenny Collins used to always say, Adventism breeds teetotalers and alcoholics. You know, mm. there is no in between in some ways. Like moderation is not taught, even sexually. Yeah. I've I've been one of my news stories that I'm sitting on from one of our prompts that I texted you mm-hmm. relates to that. Okay, we should. So I've told my funny stories, and I don't have any historical funny stories. But I have two news stories that extrapolate the greater point. Okay. So to catch people up, I texted Brad this week and I had some prompts that I wanted to work on for the show. Um, just some pre-structured thoughts or stories or mm-hmm. correlations. And so one of them was uh, maybe two relevant news stories that kind of, I forget what it was, but like 
back up a greater viewpoint that maybe you've held or that you've been like, hey, I've been pointing this out or yeah. it was further evidence of some some outlook that you may have had. So do you have any? Well, I may have twisted what you wanted a little bit, but That's totally one, fine. one of mine was uh, that Joe Budden talk just because talking about the music industry that's and, that's a yeah. great that's a great one actually right 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 and so another one um if you have one that's closely related to what we were just talking about we should do that i do want to talk about mine and i don't want to talk about it at the end of the podcast um it means it's sad well not sad and it, like what did uh, a puppy die at a birthday party n- brad <laughs> no and you're gonna regret making fun of me <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll launch into mine because I got one that talking about, I mean, growing up in a Christian household where it's like, don't fornicate and, you know, it'll fall off and everybody (laughs) will die and God hates you. You know, it's kind of like, whoa, like you just think like, ah, I'm never going to get to do that, I guess. And that for little boys, it doesn't work out great. (laughs) So (laughs) they always say like, you know, what's up with the preacher or the pastor or like the, anybody that's too Christian, too buttoned up. It's like, yo, uh-huh. you a freak. Yeah. You what's know? going on? What's going on? <laughs> what's up with that? WAP. <laughs> <laughs> so in the latest news, Jerry Falwell Jr. Are you familiar with this guy? Nah. Christian pastor, leader, educator, spokesperson. He's the president of Liberty university. Okay. So he famously was one of the first ardent supporters of Trump back in like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And really some credit him with like opening the door to delivering the evangelical vote. I think that some of maybe the uh, comparison to Cyrus or whoever, David, you know, th- th- he's a vessel, um, okay. you know, that is put here to do God's an imperfect vessel to do God's will. Like a prophet? Think, yeah. <laughs> no, not a prophet. Okay. So it's lesser, totally different. lesser than, okay. More like a, a brute force, a okay. brute instrument of force that um, might be, you know, well-intentioned and poorly delivered, yeah. um, whatever. He started that narrative. I think that in the media's mind, he's a prominent Christian influencer person. He's been on the what some would call the far right, some would call the right, some would call conservative, some would call Christian. Mm-hmm. He's been on all that. And big sex scandal came out this week. Oh, boy. His wife was apparently getting it on with the pool boy, but apparently he was getting it on with people, too. And maybe they were getting it on with people together. And there was oh, arrangements. Open relationship. Type sounds, of like, sounds like they need a red table talk is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, they were having their own communion. Sounds like Augie having- was... Yeah. doing work over in uh, <laughs> other parts of the country at the same time. Right. So he's resigned from Liberty University this week. And this I mean, is kind of... That's not surprising. So it just brings up the point of like, you know, what's up with the, the people with the most slick back hair and the most airtight? Well, what's up with Bill Cosby being so clean on stage and pull your pants up. We can see your butt crack and don't be profane. Yeah. Ends up raping tens of people right jerry falwell jr you know abstinence you know uh, mother and father family um you know all of the core christian tenants and he's turning up he first of all he put the blame on he's like this woman that you brought me oh he pulled, he pulled an pulled atom, atom. He, yeah he's like i don't know god this woman that you brought me yeah. <laughs> seems to have been getting it all with the pool boy meanwhile there uh, there was a photo that surfaced of him 
with his wife's assistant. They're both smiling and they both have their pants unbuttoned. Whoa. Like standing up. Like it was it was just unconscionable. It was not the Billy Graham like model of never being alone with a woman. Right. The new Mike Pence role. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Man. Um, yeah, definitely seems like there's a lot of men of the cloth and, and of other upstanding roles where they just have these secret lives and they end up being uh, the biggest hypocrites around. Um, I, they should almost just do a test case or an experiment where it's like, do you entice somebody into something more by reinforcing from a very early age that you're never to have it? You're never going to have it. Hey, Brad, you're going to have these feelings one day. And if you think about those too <laughs> long or do anything about them, shame on you, Brad. Yeah. Your body and thousands of years of nature are going to compel you to want that. Right. You'd be a piece of your, crap if your, you did, your Brad. Your body's a temple. Jesus will not see you white as snow and you won't be saved. You'll burn forever, Brad. And she'll get pregnant on the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like throwing a... Uh, hot dive through a hula hoop. That's what they said. Like wearing it. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. Uh, whenever we were given the sex talk, like at school, they talked about uh, you if you wear a condom. Um, that's like still. They said like it's not that protective. Like they're basically trying to say the best form of safe sex is no sex. And they were so... saying like if you wear a condom, then. That's, you know, the chances of her getting pregnant are like throwing a hot dog through a hula hoop. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that wild? So I feel like maybe that's not <laughs> what that means. <laughs> like throwing so, a hot dog down a hallway is a reference. I for... understand that. I understand that. So wait, because it's a hula hoop, it's different. Oh, I'm just telling you what I was told as a kid in an Adventist school. Okay. And none of us believe somebody it. like messed that saying up yeah. because. So wait, you're aware of what throwing a hot dog down a hallway Yeah, means. that means like it's a loose woman. Yes, okay. I'm aware. But a hot dog through a hula hoop is the Adventist version of getting pregnant? No, they're saying um, that's the effect effectiveness of a condom. So like the hot dog, if you're throwing it and can make it through a hula hoop, that's your sperm can just as easily break through the condom. Okay. We yep. went way further into this than I had originally thought we would, but Listen, man, I'm just telling you what some people are teaching out there. Well, it's like, what if you just didn't say anything? <laughs> you know, what would happen? Like, would we have less teen pregnancy? Oh, I thought you meant like if I just had not brought that up. No, 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 no. I'm saying, got it, got it. I'm saying you had said, what, what's up with all these men of the cloth always sinning? And it's like, well, maybe, maybe you shouldn't put a pack of cigarettes in front of a smoker and then be like, you're not going to a predisposed smoker, a smoker, put a pack of cigarettes and an attractive ad in front of them all the time. And you're like, don't do it. Don't think about it. Yeah. Maybe you're reinforcing something too much. Well, I, I think and this topic is going to lead into my main thing that I want. to. Oh, talk about. yeah, folks. That's and, why we get paid the big bucks. Right. And so let's talk about this for a sec. So I think there's not an issue with bringing up some of these things and like talking about safe sex or abstinence or anything like that, but it's still important to inform and give like legitimate information on sex. And, uh, 
that's the uh, Adventist teaching mantra, isn't it? No, it's not. The Adventist teaching, teaching mantra. Yeah, the Adventist teaching mantra is saying like, this is not allowed and we're not discussing it at all. That's that's the Adventist. <laughs> don't do it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, let's pretend like it doesn't exist. And then, you know, you're going to have issues whenever you're getting intimate for the first time at 35. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's like the whole thing, like, if you give teenagers condoms, are they more likely to use them? Or is it like, it's like giving, um, needle, needle exchange programs, you know, yeah. if, do you give users, you know, clean needles? So at least maybe are there fewer negative events that happen in that chain of events as a result? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's kind of the same analogy in some ways. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to shift it to another example. Um, and I, I want it, like, I don't mind us joking about it, but I, I do want to be respectful of um, the parents involved. So last week on Friday, uh, I got a phone call in the morning asking if uh, one of my students' parents uh, could meet with me. It's one of my new students. And um, I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So after school, waited around, they got there, and she brought in a book and her laptop and the three books that I had our students purchase this year. And so she went over two of them. She's like, you know, I wasn't sure about these books, but I looked them up. They were written by Christian authors. Like, I can see where you're going with it. The third one is George Orwell's um, 1984. And, you know, she goes into talking about like how George Orwell's not a Christian and she's bringing up... Um, she pulls out her laptop and she has quotes from Ellen G. White written down talking about how, you know, as Adventists, we should not be reading anything else um, that has not been written by Adventists or the Bible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that seems like a quick way to control a book monopoly. So she brings Pilgrim's Progress and says, you know, you could be teaching this book. And like, you know, I, it has some of the examples that, you know, you're wanting to learn from the other books. And it's written like from a, a Christian standpoint. And um, I say, you know, I recognize that. Um, 1984 also deals with like technology and the government trying to, you know, be controlling um, and, and I feel like there are many points throughout that book that, you know, technically we could be going through today. And I'm not saying like we're living under a super, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for right now, but like we're tyrannical not under, we're not under this tyrannical regime right now. Um, but if you're not careful and you, and you don't know like your rights, um, then it could go down that point at some point. Uh, and I'm not trying to be like super, um, super paranoid or anything like that. Like I just want to teach some of these values and I want to bring them up to my students and say like, Hey, so, you know, at some point in your Adventism or your Christianity, you may have to stand up for your beliefs and that may not align with the law of the country. Okay. And, uh, so I'm trying to explain to these parents that like, Hey, I'm not here to push books that, are um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for shock value, right? I, I'm, I'm trying to do it and I, and I talk about it through a Christian lens and discuss, you know, how we would react as Christians in these situations. A lot of times I'm highlighting these main characters who make poor choices and saying we should not be doing this. And, I, you know, I brought in another coworker of mine, you know, to talk because he, he also teaches uh, the freshman English. And so just wanted, you know, to say like, hey, we kind of stand united at the school as far as what we're pushing. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's all bad. Like, I, I definitely think there are some adult themes uh, found within 1984, like them trying to control your thoughts and trying to control when and who you have sex with. Like, I get that. But they're also seniors, and like I don't really want to coddle them. I want to be able to talk about these serious situations and be able to handle it. So I'm making that connection from you whenever we're having like that sex talk or or talking about drugs or alcohol or anything like that. It's like, do we not bring it up at all and pretend it doesn't exist? And then they graduate from high school or they, they move on with their lives and they're they're met with these new things that they really know nothing about or do we talk about them in a serious manner and you know let them know that it does exist and try to give them tools and and uh ways of you know working around it whenever they are met with those oppositions does that make sense yeah and i mean i think it depends on what you're trying to educate them for if you're trying to educate them to be a militant white national christian that's like out in the woods and you Mm -hmm. know the cities are evil and all of that then pick up a pilgrim's progress, you know, and run with it. That'll be the last book he reads, you know, <laughs> the, the point that we going back to your point about the, the law of the country may not correspond with God's law in your mind. Like this is kind of where we're at though, right now, where, you know, how much of, how much of that faith can you embrace while still looking out your own window, turning on the news, like, there are people that are endangering others from a coronavirus perspective in this pandemic mm-hmm. because they feel like the government can't tell them that they can't worship with their fellow parishioners. And in many ways, like the Constitution, I think, backs them up on that. And, you know, more power to you, I guess. But if you're going to, I don't know, it's like it, when well, and I would, COVID, it's yeah, like, I would also teach against that because, like, we have Zoom, uh, you have your families, like, but in is some ways, ch- like church, churches, whenever two or three, two or three or more are gathered, like you don't have to be in a building. Um, so, I, but it's so in times, like the way that no, they're always I, like, they're yeah. not going to allow you to meet and they're going to persecute your faith. And, you know, yeah, a lot of it's like panic. And it's like, I'm not, I'm trying to bring up these serious topics where things could go poorly, but like, let's not panic about them. Let's just be prepared for them and have common sense. Like, it, it shouldn't be that difficult. I, I, I can zoom you and we can talk about God and we can, we can watch a sermon together over the internet. Like it's not, it's, it, I don't know, man. The it's, graduation from the, the blissful idealism and un, the ignorance of childhood, you know, in many ways I realize my childhood was filled with ignorance on many topics, yeah. many of which are negative and you're shocked as an adult. Like when, when the dust settles and, you know, the drinks of your 20s are gone and all of this and you kind of look around, and you're like, man, the world is screwed. Like yeah. we are screwed up. Um, you know, it, it can be jarring and I think it is in any situation, um, mm-hmm. even if you've experienced 
trauma earlier in life. And I think that, you know, mitigating trauma and images of trauma from a child's, you know, ingestion cycle is a positive thing for many years. But how do you introduce, hey, you're going to you're going to be 18, you're going to get on a bus or get in your car and you're going to go to college and like all of these things are going to happen. And if you throw the baby out with the bathwater, like if somebody offers you a beer day one of school and you just throw them out blindly as a Christian with, I, you know, these pursuits mm-hmm. and then that person ended up being Bill Gates and the person that you ended up hanging out with in the youth group is doing 12 to 16 for stat rape in Arkansas. That's what I'm saying. Then like- what? Where does, where are you preparing the child's life to go? Like you got to be holistic in your, um, in your, in your exposure of things in your child's life in certain ways. I mean, from the news story that you read, like you hang out with the Christian crowds that doesn't mean you're safe, right? Um, there's a bunch of hypocrites out there and it's like, man, some of these people that may do some things that you don't agree with at least they're kind of open about it. And then they're generally like good people on the inside, you know, um, and they're not going to screw you over or, or harm you, uh, physically, emotionally, different things like that. Right. And, um, I don't know, talking about Adventism and Christianity and like trying to prepare my students for life outside of this bubble. Um, that's all I'm trying to expose them to. It's not like I'm trying to say, Hey, look at all these great things that you could be doing. If it weren't for all these rules, it's saying, hey, no, like this exists. It's normal and it's okay. Like it may not be the best for your health um, and you may not agree with it. But like if you see someone that is doing it, that doesn't, you know, just you don't have to treat them any differently. Yeah, man. It's just you almost have to feel bad for that woman because it's like, man, you must have ulcers. You're so pent up. You have to review every image that your child sees. But meanwhile, if you've given that child a smartphone, that child has yeah. seen more and that's pornographic weird. images, people being killed, killing people on video games. Like and they that's are a point that we brought deadened. up. We brought up social media and all the stuff that they see. If they're on Instagram, they know all about sex, everything, you know? So it's like maybe you could be a mature voice about sex from a high level mm-hmm. as illustrating a much greater point. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, if anyone knows, I mean, she doesn't know me because this is the first weekend this is we started on wednesday this was two days later so she doesn't know me i'll give her that but she kind of came in you know with the idea that i'm not being mindful of what i'm bringing to my students and if anyone knows me and like you know my core value like i am so protective of my students and like i constantly think about that uh, day in and day out, like whether I'm on the clock or not. Um, I take that so incredibly seriously. And so it was for sure shots fired. You're the English yeah. teacher. You have a couple main books you're going to digest over the course of this year or semester. And she's calling into question 33% of your inventory. Yeah. And your, you know, I mean, we have other ones. Here. We have other books too that we're reading. I just didn't have them purchase them because I found them for free. Like, but I'm, I didn't tell her what those were because I didn't want to argue about those either. Yeah. So it sounds like you kept your cool pretty well. Yeah, you kinda I, I think so. Elevated the forces with another teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did you leave it? What was her situation? Um, so because they're new and they had just moved, they were closing on a house. And so they actually like 
forgot that they had a meeting. And so they had to get up and kind of like, it was very rushed. And I basically just said, okay, well, I'm at least going to teach portions of this book um, because there are certain themes and, and uh, you know, just ideas, stuff that I want them to learn from it. So that's so stereotypical, dude. Like you're like, you know what, sweetheart, why don't you concentrate less on the books that your son is reading? And I'm going to buy you a calendar book so you don't double book yourself. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to. In the world, but not of the world. So says my iCal. Like, grow up, man. Like, yeah. I'm glad that you're not running the trains, lady, you know, or the planes. I wouldn't want her to be my air traffic controller. You know what I mean? Like, there's a level of realism here that I, I used to work. Man, I will never do business with Christians. <laughs> Mormons do business with Mormons all day long. Greatest people in the world. They're a cut above. But Christians, man, I worked for a Christian company. When you're a Christian, like corporate company, like mm -hmm. things can get weird. All yeah. right. I had a boss that couldn't get me a proposal out on time to save his life from the hot place, but he'd take, you know, an hour to put together the national day of prayer, you know, email that he was going to send to everybody. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm trying to hit a goal, a revenue goal for the company that's failing or whatever. And he can't help me with time sensitive things that like, that was my whole takeaway yeah. from doing business with Christians. Like no ifs, ands or buts. They either end up in jail <laughs> for, you know, frauds and insecurities or sexual molestation or something, you know, like, or they just end up petering out and not being great business people. Sometimes yeah. my parents are the exception to this and, and any other parents or people that listen to this show that are <laughs> Christian business people. But if you lead too heavily with it, something stinks, man, consistently. If yeah. you lead too heavily, you can well, have those guiding principles and the foundation a hundred percent. And that's, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And like my, one of my, biggest philosophies is that they should be able to tell that you're a Christian without you having to say it. Yeah. Right? Never like they say should it. be able to say, they should be able to see that in your character and they should be able to like from your personality, if you are a genuine good Christian, that should be something that they want and they can inquire about it at some point. Like, Hey man, like what's going on? Like, what's your whole deal? Like I've gotten that, I've gotten a lot more success out of that and like awesome conversations with people who, you know, didn't know much about Christ than if I had initially brought it up and just like started shoving it down their throats. It's so hard though, bro, because like Christian organizations and companies, like they're not going to really be around unless they're like a Chick-fil-A and super defensible simply because they, they score so low on like HR points. Like yeah. the Christian company that I worked for, I mean, the, women would get an email like, Hey, you're, you know, you're showing too much cleavage, like put on a turtleneck and, do whatever and clean the dishes in the kitchen while you're at it. And, you know, and the, I, I feel like I referred multiple gay people to interview with this company and mm. none of them miraculously got the job. And there mm. were like, man, there were lawsuits and all this kind of stuff. I got interviewed by somebody and they were like, was it a friendly environment for the LGBT? I was like, Nope. What mm. didn't have to be because there were none there. Yeah. At least not open. And so from that perspective, like, you know, they, they say, they're going to come after your faith and like Christians are among the marginalized people in this country now and they're turning against us and they're infringing on our rights to worship and assemble and all of these things. And then on the other hand, it's like, boy, you're not an inclusive group when you lead too heavily with that. And it, mm -hmm. it, you can't wear it on your sleeve like that. Like when they talk about the Christian ethics and culture and in interview one, 
just run. Yeah. Because it just means that it's going to be an oppressive environment that doesn't actually ship business product on time. Accurate. So that's my two cents on that. Yeah, man. Um, Meanwhile, the the Mormon down the street just raised a Series D at $148 million. (laughs) The company's a unicorn. So invest in Mormons, folks. (laughs) Oh, man. Um. Yeah, so I guess I can. <laughs> I guess I can get into my next topic. Do it. Um, therapy. I. All right. So, like, I'm an empathic person. You know, if, if I feel like I've hurt someone or I've done someone wrong, like I tend to carry that with me, right? Um, I'm a very anxious and stressed out person. I can't tell you the amount of times that, like. I mean, Carson, Carson could tell you like while I was in Maryland, the amount of times like I would text or call him um, or the amount of times that, you know, we have talked before a show, <laughs> me just like stre- stressing, like kind of venting what's going on. Um, and to be honest, like my life is awesome, but I still cling to like a lot of little things. And so like whenever we're talking about this parent that I had to meet with on Friday, um, that's something that I'm still carrying with me. And like, it's really hard for me to let that go. Um, there are a lot of other instances that, that just stress me out and, and cause me to be anxious and like gives me kind of these panic attacks. So to help with my anxiety and relieve uh, these certain stresses, I, I've kind of decided to uh, book a little virtual therapy session and I'm actually doing my first one tomorrow. I haven't told anybody about it except for Courtney. Um, and I kind of got emotional with her because a, a, a part of me um, is like much too proud uh, to admit that I would need that at all. Um, but I also want to shed some light on it because I've given it some more thought after. And I'm like, it's it's not a big deal. It's really just I, I'm doing it because I want to have some tools in order to learn how to cope with some of these things. Right. Does that make sense? You with me so far? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and so, you know, I haven't told me, so my dad listening to this is the first time he's going to be hearing about it. Like being an empathic person and worrying constantly about what everybody else thinks, like a part of me is like once, you know, my parents or my friends or other family members hear this, are, are they going to think like, uh, you know, is it their fault or anything like that? Like, no, it's just me who I am as a person. Um, I'm just trying not to be anxious. All like my shoulders are tense right now and I need to lower them a little bit. Um, and so I'm just trying to gain more tools about that. Um, I, I signed up on, there are different podcasts that I listen to and I, I don't know if you've ever heard of any, but there's advertisements uh, on some of these podcasts. And so there's two main ones. There's Talk Space and BetterHelp. Um, I actually went with BetterHelp uh, just because I looked at the reviews, it seemed like they had a lot more and they had um, really good ratings. And so I signed up, you know, and then I typed out this prompt, sent it in, and um, they matched me with a therapist and sent it back. And he sent me a message and kind of gave me his whole spiel on what he specializes in and um, says that he can, you know, help me, uh, give me some tips and advice and kind of let me vent. Um, you know, in my message, I told him, I was like, I think I can pinpoint where a lot of these stresses come from. Um, I I think I'm very hyper aware of myself. Um, but just because I understand where they're coming from, it doesn't mean that I can relieve them. And so, yeah, so 
in areas where, you know, I'm discussing, you know, my intentions and uh, in, in teaching some of these students with, with their parents or, or just in my day to day, like with my family or in my relationship, like I'm just trying to learn how to handle those things better. So I have my first therapy session tomorrow online. Nice. And I have the option of doing it in person if I ever go there. So I, I bu- I've booked four sessions and, you know, I just want to see what comes of it. I don't know if it's something that I'll continue doing, but um, I just I just thought it would be kind of cool. I wanted to check it out. I've heard great things about it in the past. And I also wanted to kind of get rid of the stigma that it's only like super depressed or suicidal people that do it. Because if anything, like I'm on the opposite end of that, like, like I want to be here for as long as I can. I know we've joked about, you know, when it like, eh, like around our eighties, like, like let's just call it quits and everything. Right. Um, but whenever I think about my future, <laughs> right. The plan is still to kill ourselves in our eighties. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. If the overlords haven't taken care of us first. Um, no, it's just like, I'm very selfish with my time and I fantasize about like finding ways to gain more time. So, you know, I'm not depressed. I'm not trying to get out of here or anything like that. I'm just trying to relieve some stress and anxiety. And uh, last week we talked uh, about what we're willing to share on the podcast and how we decide that like, this is kind of a personal thing for me. Um, just because I, not because I feel like it's a crazy thing, but because I feel like there is a stigma around therapy um and that keep going no I, I'm, I'm just saying so i i've kind of made the decision to share that um with you guys in the audience like if you know me i'm the type that posts like these heartfelt stuff on facebook twitter instagram like i'm not going to be posting that um uh, if if it comes up in conversation with my close friends or family like i don't mind talking about it um but i did want to be kind of open and honest uh with our listeners here um just because we do get kind of intimate and uh, we do talk about our personal lives and this is something i'm that i'm going to be doing for at least the next four weeks and uh, i'm kind of excited about it yeah yeah luxurious right i think that I'll, i'll speak to the stigma that it does my perception of you know what you're saying is that your perception is that certain people would interpret this yeah um, you know, a, a situation. And maybe, getting... maybe that's telling like what my perception of it is, you know, because right. in some ways, like my initial thoughts, whenever I was debating it is man, like it kind of feels like a sign of weakness, right? Um, it, it, it makes, I, I don't know. Like it, it makes me kind of self-conscious about it. Like, do I really need it? Or like, I mean, I feel like I have a grasp on things. Um, but again, really, I just want to be able to <laughs> be able to not be so stressed and like have some coping mechanisms for it, really. I think that the stigma surrounding therapy, therapy is a large word. You know, yeah. that when you see the TMZ headline, like Bradley Colvin checked into <laughs> rehab, you know, you're right. like, holy crap, what happened to Brad? <laughs> you know, what's he using? Yeah. And it's really not like, no, this is a brush up gym session. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm in for my annual physical. You know, we have doctors for everything. We exercise, you know, so many different portions of our, our being, our physical being. And so rarely do we take time to meditate or do breathing exercises or consult a therapist or anything. And I think that the therapy industry, especially as it's gone, um, teledoc, 
you know, mm-hmm. virtual. And people have really capitalized on that from a, a business perspective. And they're rendering a great service and making it more accessible because one of the biggest things with a busy schedule is having to go lay down on the proverbial couch sure. and, uh, you know, share your woes and then commute back to whatever you were doing. Now that you can do it virtual, yeah. it's great. It's awesome. And you might be capable of almost sharing more in that you're still, there's still a virtual bridge there. Yeah. I think that the therapy industry has done a great job of destigmatizing mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Uh, talk space with Michael Phelps. Yep. Um, you know, they get big name celebrities that, that do this kind of thing. And I also think that the stigma has almost partially shifted from, oh, you have a problem to, oh, you're bougie. Okay. Like <laughs> yeah. time for therapy. Yeah. Like got time to go sit down on a <laughs> nice little couch and pay somebody to talk about your problems. Yeah. Like we out here in the streets with problems, you know, what right. are you going to do for us? Like, I feel like that's almost the the vibe in some ways, but I've, I've gone to therapy mm-hmm. in person before I did several sessions with, um, with a, um, I did a couple sessions with a male therapist. I did a mm-hmm. couple sessions with a female therapist and those were largely centered around, you know, like one issue in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women drove me to therapy, Brad. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and I, I never viewed it as like Carson needs a tune. I was like, uh-huh. all right, Carson's <laughs> love life needs a tune up. Right. Like, well, what's going wrong, doc? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> why can't i follow through doc <laughs> it's funny because like i <laughs> why did my interest level wane doc <laughs> they're like uh here's an attention deficit disorder medication you have a different problem son <laughs> now i'm playing the, the whole point being that now dude i view therapy as you know if you're going to be a high performer it's almost going to be a must. Yeah. You're going to have to be meditating, doing self-help, carving out time, talking to a therapist. Like this is just like you have a gym membership at Equinox for your brain and heart right mm-hmm. now. And I commend you for that. Thanks, man. In fact, I might join you. Like I I thought that at different points. Like, you know what? There's probably because sometimes I will catch myself and you're carrying that cumulative burden of however long. Yeah. And you know, if you don't rid yourself of it in some ways, like the correlation is going to be there. Like you're going to see that kid, you're going to see his mom again. You might have another disagreement or a challenge from her. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's like that, that incident is behind you, the remnants of he's going to walk through your class tomorrow morning, you know? Right. So how do you carry that cumulative burden? Even then I liken it to the startup situation. You know, some people have been there 18 months. Some people have been there two years. Some people have been there six months. Mm-hmm. Everybody's onboarding was different. You know, people have been through different iterations of a company and you carry these these uh, hangovers of having shifted direction or um, this didn't work, but this did. Mm-hmm. And so think about your life in terms of a startup or something that's always trying to gain traction, accomplish your goals, manifest your vision there's going to be mad setbacks. And, um, you know, I heard a great quote that most people that make it to the middle and can see the top aren't willing to go back down to the bottom to take the path that connects them all the way to the top. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be great. Yeah, man. I'm anxious to hear how this goes. Yeah. I mean, 
just being someone who has to like, I want to get my mind right and everything uh, with the amount of students that I teach and everything, you know, like a lot of their issues that they bring to me, like a lot of this isn't really even my issues. It's just me having to carry, you know, stuff that other people bring to me and me being like an empathic person and like really taking that to heart. Like when I say my heart literally aches whenever my friends or students or family members are hurting, like it takes me out, man. Um, like I'm, I'm a person, I know we kind of joke about like me, like, Oh, like Brad, love everybody. You know, he cares about it. Like I, I do. And it's like a serious condition. Like I should probably care less. (laughs) Like maybe, maybe I'll get some advice as far as that goes. But you know, like I have a girl out in the living room right here that I'm trying to marry, you know, and I'm trying to get right for her. And, and I'm not saying she wouldn't take me as is, um, you know, but I'm, I'm just trying to be better for the people around me. I'm trying to be better for myself and make sure that I'm healthy. Not only, you know, I've been getting healthy physically. I'm trying to do it mentally as well. Um, when a lot of people rely on you and confide in you and you're a, you present yourself as a familiar, um, homey source of, you know, engagement and counsel and especially for students. So the fact that they feel comfortable to share things with you that honestly puts you in a lurch at some point, because you have to carry that with you now, somebody has got to care for the caring, you know? So this is just, yeah, man, I feel like it's like, uh, kind of like brushing your teeth. I just need my mind brushed a little bit, you know? Plus I feel like there's so many people that seek therapy or counsel and a friend and, they annoy the friend or it's like, oh, Susie has this problem again, like another boy or whatever. Huh. But when you pay somebody, it's a transaction. Yeah. Like you better help me. Right. Like, And sometimes just by being the sounding board and maybe a couple questions to help you sort some different things out, um, even just some different mantras to think of in times of weakness or um, prioritization of the burdens that you're carrying mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. And so I actually have written down some statistics because, you know, I wanted I did do my research pretty thoroughly and I, because I'm trying to normalize it, like, I just want to bring some of these things up. So, uh, allow me to read this for, for a moment. It says in any given year, one in five employed adults in the U S experiences a mental health issue, including depression, anxiety, and insomnia. Uh, worldwide, one in four people will experience a mental health issue in any given year. One in 25 adults or 9.8 million Americans will experience um, this uh, in a year that is serious enough to interfere with or made or impact major life activities. Kids aren't immune either. One in five youths, which is 21% uh, between the ages of 13 and 18, and 13% of children aged 8, to 8 through 15 live with a severe um, anxiety at some point, uh, in almost everyone's life, you'll experience a mental health crisis or challenge. Like what, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like some of these probably could be avoided just in the way that we, um, set up the world. Um, but you are more likely to experience, um, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, or a mental illness than you are to develop a heart disease, diabetes, or any kind of cancer. So, you know, people dealing with certain things, like I would say mine is very mild um, and my issues are not 
crazy at all but because they like built like these little things just keep building up building up building building up and to the point where i feel like i might be having a panic attack or my chest is really tight or um something to that effect um it you know i i'm kind of excited at this opportunity and kind of doing this for myself and uh just wanted to be open with you guys I think it does bleed over into physical ramifications too when you have yeah. a high stress level and your blood pressure is through the roof and mm-hmm. you know you just can't catch a breath you know you're not centered you know you're you're just on this crazy autopilot on overdrive and you got to take a moment and yeah it doesn't matter like there should be no shame or uh progression levels of like oh this person needs therapy more <laughs> than this person like right. just because your your pain is less traumatic than others you know don't worry about that. Like yeah. to each their own. And you're going to spend some time talking to a professional about getting better. Like, you know, in some ways, I don't know. In some ways it's like you just up the, the, the playing field a little yeah. bit. Cause it's like, well, I'm not in therapy. So I'm <laughs> not, I'm, I'm not talking to trained professionals about, you know, matters of the heart future and mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you choose to do so, I, you know, I support you too, man. Um, go to talkspace.com slash weekly catch up podcast. <laughs> yeah. Give yeah, get Brad the promo to, code. <laughs> send Brad and me to therapy for free. Um, yeah, no. And so again, I want to reiterate like the people in my daily life, like if you ever want to talk to me about it, we can. Um, it's not something, it's not something that I'm like, you know, like if you're worried about me, like let's talk it up. I don't want you to be worried about me. Like it's not it's not something I'm doing cause I'm scared like for my life or anything like that. It's really just me, um, wanting to be less stressed, man. That's, that's motivation enough. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not deep seated worried about you Yeah, more, more than the next individual, you know? Yeah. There could be some people listening that are invested in my life. Folks don't worry about him. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. He's wearing a little frilly yeah. shirt. Yeah, I got these little umbrellas. He's all thin. Little... He's geeing himself out. Yeah. Both mind and body. Yeah, truly living my best life, and the therapy is just a part of that. Well, right on. Yeah, man. So that's that. I didn't want to talk about it at the very end of the podcast because, you know, it's... Well, some... I'm done now. Oh, are you? I'm just drained. I need to go talk to a professional. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about you a lot, buddy. Oh, uh... great. <laughs> oh great that would be so funny (laughs) yeah you wouldn't believe what my co-host said (laughs) (laughs) and then he provided a perfect transition for me what do you think about that he's like prozac all five oh all right folks maybe brad does have a problem (laughs) why does my co-host get more likes than me on this certain platform oh man yeah, he thinks he can just shoot a music video without me. Oh, man. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm teasing. Oh, I've got more bullet points on my list, but it's kind of like just more 2020. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. In some um, ways, I could just peace. That's, let, let's, uh, let's chop it up for just a couple minutes and just talk some normal. What do you want? Movies are back. Yeah, I've been noticing that, actually. So Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet yeah. is in theaters this week. We finally have a new movie for the first time since Corona hit. Do they have the movie? There's a movie theater across the street from my office. Mm-hmm. And they were like, playing old ones. 
Well, no, they haven't been playing anything. Oh. And they but they had they had literally the the poster for Tenet up when I started back in December of 19 well, and then it never came out. It was yeah, cuz they pushed it back like 3 times. Yeah. It's finally out though. So, if you haven't heard of this movie, it's a secret agent that embarks on a dangerous time-bending mission to to prevent the start of World War 3. It's described as a James Bond, James Bond type of film, but with time travel. Nice. Yeah, I mean, what could be better? I love those. Like, did you ever watch Deja Vu with Denzel yes. and Paula Patton? Yeah. Paula Patton is the MVP, yeah, yo. Yeah, yeah. Robin, is that Robin Thicke's ex wife? Thick. Oh, yeah. He messed up so yeah, hard. Yeah. Remember, he if made. If you ever have Paula Patton, don't yeah. mess that up. He messed it up and then dropped an album called Paula, which was dedicated to her. And she was, <laughs> she like did not care. It was I hilarious. Dedicate everything to her for the remainder of my life. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wouldn't need therapy if I was Paula Patton <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> she oh. is the baddest. Um, yeah, that was a great movie. But also uh, Interstellar. Um, Dude, that's a Christopher Nolan. Like Christopher Nolan. He did the Batman. He did Inception, right? He did Inception. He did. Uh, didn't he do Interstellar? Mm-hmm. And then he did the the Batman trilogy, like the good ones. Um, He's like top five out there right now. Yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, I think he did Memento is a classic yeah very good movies so i'm really i'm i'm gonna have to see what the theaters are doing because I, I haven't seen what they're doing as far as social distancing covid like i still want to be safe but man i am i itching to get back in a the theater so i might be doing that this weekend if i feel like it's safe enough i watched a throwback movie this week what'd you watch from 2014 uh called nightcrawler oh with jake gyllenhaal yes that movie is messed up that movie was so apropos for the times. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal plays this like borderline crazy, like a yeah. sociopathic character almost. That he's a born he's a hustler. Reporter? He's a sales. He's like a salesman, and the opening scene is him stealing some, um, some goods, some materials from a, a site. You know, he's chopping up some um, uh, chain link fence and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then he sells it and. He, he's a natural born hustler and spinner and salesperson. He tries to get a job and the guy said, I won't hire a thief. I know you stole this stuff. And on the way home from something, he sees an accident that the car catches on fire and these like news crew paparazzi types pull up and they start rolling footage of it. And he overhears them saying like, we can sell this to channel five for $500. Yeah. And he asked them a couple questions. He buys a camcorder with the proceeds from a bike that he stole in the park from a thrift store or a pawn shop. Yeah. And he starts to follow around. He, he gets a police radar and he learns all the codes. Yeah. He starts following the calls. And if it bleeds, it leads. And if there's a uh, structure fire, it, it sells. And so he goes and finds the most horrific accidents and crimes. And then he, he starts filming them and he develops a relationship with the TV station. And he's heavily involved with like their lead up to, sweeps week and mm-hmm. ratings and contract renewals and all these different things and having that footage having that leading story really can set you apart from the competition in a ratings week yeah. and so he starts to orchestrate orchestrate what he's covering with his footage and he starts to beat the police to crime scenes yeah. and enter homes where crimes have been committed and filming them and then selling them. And they would just pixelate out dead bodies and victims and yeah. all sorts of stuff. He, 
So he, he sociopathically starts to orchestrate and involve himself, even stage or restage certain crimes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the body would look more juicy in front of the car yeah. with the skid marks leading up to it. So he would switch this out right before. And anyway, the bottom line, like the bottom line expose of how the news works. I, I went to news school. Yeah. My first school job was at the radio station. I was mm-hmm. radio TV film. I spent time as a journalism major. I did all of Mendenhall's like news writing classes. Like I had to write it with a slug and like for immediate release. Like I had a beat, you know, like literally. Yeah. And that was my dream. My dream was to be Matt Lauer. How crazy is that now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New well, goals, new idols. Um, now I want to be Robin. <laughs> Robin. Uh, what's her name? I don't know. Crap. Robin from Good Morning America. Anyway. Yeah. I want to be Katie Couric. There you go. What's internet? <laughs> <laughs> so the I remember reading if it bleeds, it leads. And I was not to use the word, you know, on fire. I was to use the words, the blaze engulfed the building as it right. exploded into the night sky. Like you're supposed yeah. to, you can't use the word fire. It has to be fiery. You can't mm-hmm. use the word walk towards it needs to be strided towards yeah. it needs to be advanced aggressively yeah you, you got know? you got certain buzzwords or something that makes it more exciting and back in the day of low def cameras and no access to social media and all of that fine dress it up but times have changed you need to slow it down you need to have some circumspect stuff because the camera lenses is telling more than we can handle in this day and age yeah and with another shooting this week um you know there's protests going on three blocks from where we're recording right now nice you know coast to coast yeah all over the country um the nba is boycotted the playoffs tonight as a result of the unrest in the country and for a brief moment we've caught a reprieve from covid as the rnc and the dnc wrap and protests recommence Mm -hmm. and school goes back to session and some economy picks back up And then we'll be right back to COVID and blood. And as I projected, this year will, 2020 will end in style is my only projection. Yep. Welcome. Well, yeah, I was going to say, welcome to 2020. This is it. Um, Well, we do need to be brought to you by Talkspace. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We do a great job of like like, drabbing this thing down, like just depressing the crap out of these tots right before (laughs) we sign off. Yeah. Well. We really could that. use a Dean Colvin, your mom joke. <laughs> Has he not sent you one? Did no. You What's the last one he sent you? Man, he doesn't send me anything. Check your LinkedIn. All right, Dad. If you didn't, if you didn't send one, man, he didn't. He wrote me off. You've said his. You've said his most recent one. I'm p- pretty positive. Ah, uh, I guess there's always next Wednesday. Let me go back. Well. Okay. Maybe I haven't. Oh, here we go. All right. To wrap the show, <laughs> Mr. Dean Colvin via LinkedIn, 2.18 p.m. <laughs> That's a Kit Kat break, baby. <laughs> your mama's so lazy, she thinks a two-income family is where your daddy has two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, and with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. What you got going on the rest of the week? Oh, man. What is today? Wednesday? Wednesday. So Thursday, between Friday, Wednesday and Wednesday, what's going I'm gonna on? I'm going to play some golf with some out of town buds this weekend. I think my buddy Heston and David might get together and play 18. Um, dude, I got t- 
totally all the way hooked up on Windstar. I got yeah. some emails. I've been up there a couple times over the last year, and they sent me. So check this out. I'm booked for Labor Day, the mm. Sunday and Monday, king size suite in the tower at Windstar, comped like meals and ships, wow. and I have a a club passport and a player's card waiting for me. Dude. So. So I, that's where you'll be. So. Uh, what in a week? Yeah. Lucky dog. So that's kind of happening on the yeah. DL. Like <laughs> okay. I just booked it. I haven't told anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, great. That's there at my disposal. I had to use it before September 15th. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Cool, man. Holler at your boy at the blackjack table. Yeah, I hope you win. Um, so that's coming up. Got the the wedding coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just booking all of that travel and getting that done. Sure. Uh, golf this weekend. Another golf playoff event. Uh, Low-key, going to stay in Dallas. Like, um, I got the Windsor thing coming up, the South Carolina thing coming up, and then a little break. So... Might go back to, oh, Mexico. <laughs> sounds so sweet. I got to go. It's James Taylor for you, baby. Lovely. I don't think I got the I lyrics. Like, right. I like your version. So uh, I want to go back to Mexico. Yeah, as you should. Now's the time. We might should do a Zoom when podcast. Would, when would there? <laughs> that's fine. When when is there going to be a better time in our life than than during this pandemic? I'm thinking like it worked out so well the first time that I should just go back for like two weeks. Yeah. Honest. Like if you need to, we will find a way to still record this. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to not do that, especially with like with the one year coming up, we should do a yeah. big, I don't know. We should do something. We should put our heads together. Yeah. We if, will. if you have ideas, uh, hit us up. We never plug our social media anymore. Yeah. At, at weekly catch up pod, WKLY catch up pod at Carson yeah. C. Gibbons. You know where to find me. Yeah. Google me. Go to CarsonGibbons.com. Yeah. <laughs> Go to WeeklyCatchUpPodcast.com. Yeah, ask about me. We're in 22 countries now, buddy. Dang. So Brock has been real busy. <laughs> yeah, Brock's been traveling. He's just been mask on, jet set, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, All he, right, man. He looks like somebody, by the way. He looks like, he looks uh, like Dustin somebody? Johnson. And when I say that, Brock, I mean the best part of Dustin Johnson <laughs> that's with Paulina Gretzky. Okay. Because... I need to look. And Dustin see what can he be looks homely like. sometimes. Sometimes he's a hunk, but I swear, with the beard and the hat, Buff and Abroad did this like selfie pic the other day, and I was like, Dustin Johnson. I know him. Like <laughs> it was really weird, uncanny. Yeah. So maybe you should do a that's hilarious a side by side comparison in the social media mashup this week. Yeah, I'm gonna look at that. I'm gonna look at that. Go screen grab his latest stories. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, I got school. I got the thing tomorrow, and. Uh, Anxious to hear how that goes. Yeah, me too. Um, I'll let you know for sure. Awesome. Well, congrats, man, on number 45 in the books. I feel like this has been a good one. Yeah. Excited for everyone to listen and send us your feedback. We appreciate all of y'all and, um, you know, being the reason that we get back and do this every week. I'm just super pumped about just our dedication to this, that it, when you look at 45 weeks out of the last however many, we've only missed one or two. Yeah. It hasn't felt like a strain. Nah. You know? It's a relief. Yeah. So now you're going to double down with Talkspace on top of the weekly catch-up podcast. Yes, and, sir. Um, yeah. Bring those insights back. Feel free to send in some love. Don't coddle me, though. I won't like that. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll catch you up next week. See you then.